Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Panenka Podcast. Uh, I am joined by Kyle and Tom, and today, uh, following the culmination of the Premier League, we're going to be doing a review of this Premier League season. We are going to go through team by team. I'm going to go from bottom of the league to the top. So we're going to start off with the relegated teams, and we're going to go with Norwich. Worst team in the league by far. Yeah. Started relatively well. You thought maybe you know Pookie will get the top score here. I was thinking oh, like, I had a bet on Pookie top score. Thought you know like is he going to score some goals? But and it just went downhill. Yeah, obviously they had that win against Manchester City, and then uh, I think it just all went down the hill from there. I think they played very attractive. Uh, yeah, and that goal against uh, the win against Leicester. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think I think they play attractive football. I think they're just kind of like a worse Brighton. I just don't think they have the players well good enough at all, like quality wise. I just don't think they're Premier League ready. It's yeah, it's a bit weird because they've got they've got players like Campwell, obviously Pookie at the start of the season looking good, and Wendier as well, who look like they could have an impact when the league started. And I think I think it's just the worst players over over tops the good players. Yeah, you know, they couldn't really shine as much as they wanted to, but. I think a big problem for them was their defence because the average age, age of their defence, I think, is 21, 22. And yeah. I think that the experience definitely let them down, especially with their centre-halves. I mean, I don't think I've seen a worse performing centre-back than Godfrey. I think he's 20, 23, I think, at the back. He was, every time I watched him, he, was, he just looked so like, uncomfortable on the ball. And also, I think a big problem was, uh, I think that Daniel Volk was quite stubborn throughout the season because... He chose to pretty much keep the same team throughout and play the same style of football and not change anything, even though it was working. And as they got further down into the season, I feel like it just caught up with them because then like, you can't really change it. And then they just weren't winning. Well, they were losing every single game. And, yeah, yeah I, really, I really, to be fair, I agree with you. That I really do think it's down to the back four. Because you see, keeper-wise, they've got Tim Cole, who I, he, He's kept five clean sheets this season, which is, considering that Norwich only won five games, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, obviously, he, we know that he's he's, a, he's an experienced keeper, and I remember he made a lot of important saves. And also, I don't know if it was just a loan period, but they also have Ralph Farman, who was from Schalke. Yeah, I thought that was a really big signing. Yeah. You know what? Wait, it was a big signing. You know, he's a big name, like in German football, and he comes here and doesn't even get to play. Yeah, he was yeah. like backup, and he, like he started off at Schalke playing in the Champions League. Next season, joins Norwich, and now he's yeah. finding himself at Brann in Norway. Like, I, such a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor move from Definitely. Denmark. We'd have to say. I think that for me, I'd get, like, as an Norwich owner, you'd have to sack Farker, I think, like, for, for the season that he's done. Considering they had probably the best team of the three coming up, the best squad of players with Campwell, Pucky, Wendia, um, you got the Stipperman, I think it was, um, Dermich, you know, they're all good players. Jamal Lewis and um, Max Aaron's two young, fast, talented fullbacks, and then he's completely gone and you know rock bottom of the Premier League, and I don't know what's next for them. You know? Yeah, squad think... to step championship, but will they lose their players or keep them? You don't know. Yeah, I think we're, like, we've got a sort of a project going on. Um, that's why they've got Daniel Farker. I don't think they'll get rid of him. I don't think they should either. They've already brought in four players for next season. So they're already rebuilding. And um, I think when Fark first came in, they finished like mid-table in the championship. And then obviously they won the league next year with all their young players coming through. Um, yeah. I think it was just a bit too early. So, But I think the way that Farker stuck to his guns throughout the entire season, uh, very brave of him to do that, especially with such a young squad. Um, but I think next season they'll definitely be pushing. I think when they come back up, which I think they'll come straight back up, I think they've got a brilliant squad and I think they can definitely do it again. Now that the youngsters have got Premier League experience and then another year in the Championship, I think next time they come up, I think they'll definitely be pushing for survival a lot more. Um, but it's a project over there, and I think Norwich are definitely a well-run club, um, and I can see them coming back up. Anything else? Yeah, um, I seem to remember, I'm pretty sure it might have been midway through the season, they did have a lot of injuries, which I, th- I don't know if it was, it was almost, I'm pretty sure it was almost like the majority of the first team all got injured, meaning that they had to play a lot more youngsters, and I think that's where they dropped mm-hmm. the majority of their points, which really kind of messed their season up a little bit. I think bit. it's a question of can they keep their key players for the next season to come back up in the championship? Because Campbell and Bundy have been linked, both been linked with moves away. 
to like uh, Wendy has been linked with Chelsea. I've seen Campwell to like Premier League clubs. You know, just got to see how their transfer money is going to go in the summer with keeping their key players. But yeah, so yes. Norwich comfortably bottom the league. I don't think there's any arguments. Nineteenth, um, Watford. Disappointing uh, drop off obviously with Nigel Pearson leaving two games with two games left of the season. I think that was a terrible decision. Apparently, it was after a row yeah. with you. And yeah. you, even if you do have a row, like just leave it for the next two games. Make sure your team is safe, and then you can rebuild over the summer. But it's back to the championship mm-hmm. after five years in the Premier League for Watford. A lot of players are going to get sold from that club because they have so many Premier League quality players on high wages and they're not going to survive in the Championship. With After them. finishing eighth, I think it was last year, then to get relegated this year is really. Yeah, eighth and an FA yeah. Cup semi final as well. Yeah. yeah. I think to blame, you've got to look at the board because the, the fact that they've brought in about, uh, they've, well, they've got rid of three managing the season. Yeah, it's, it's pathetic. It's really not, not good. Not good luck at all on them. Yeah. And not even like, bringing in like, bringing in two managers that have already been there before. Yeah, yeah obviously it's they nice. had started off with Javi Grazia and then obviously he started terribly and then they brought back Kike Sanchez-Flores and then obviously he didn't do very well. And then Nigel, Pierce, Nigel Pearson, sorry. Um, obviously, Carl, you know about Nigel Pearson. Yeah, um, never been relegated as a manager. Never been relegated. Well, <laughs> well I mean, he <laughs> could have got relegated this time around, but obviously... Exactly, and he kept, uh, kept that record with... Uh, you know, not, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's probably the type of manager that a team staying up needs. Um, yeah. You, you'll literally be very real with the players and just kind of mm-hmm. tell them how it is. He doesn't take any messing at all. Like. But yeah, um, so I think that's it, Watford. I think. I think, uh, well, I think, I think we need to. They did beat Liverpool 3 0, but I think that was once again, that was with um, without their manager. I think they had their um, just like the interim manager or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they do have the quality. I mean, obviously, it was a poor performance in Liverpool, but they do have the quality. They've got players like Decore, like Sarr, who I, I thought they had a good season. But, yeah, it's going to be... I think they might lose a lot of players. Yeah, I think um, I think his mail is definitely going to be off as well. I think um, he's definitely Watford's better player. He's only 21, 22, very young. Um, obviously, brought him in from, for like 30 million from uh, Rennes in France, so... I think Watford have got a lot of players on high wages. Decore, Dini, all these, all of these types of players who are definitely Premier League quality players as well. I think Watford are going to have a major clear out this summer, and I think we can definitely. I think they'll stay in the Championship for a while. I feel like they'll. Yeah. I feel like they'll just be Stoke, which is a little bit better, where they'll stay down in the Championship for a couple of years, but obviously stay mid table because I don't think that's okay. Um, yeah. I don't think that. Um, I don't know. I, just, I don't mean the club run well enough for them to jump back up. No. Are you talking about Watford still, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you've got uh, Decore and Capuo because uh, they're the famous. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd have Saw at Leicester with no flash. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then we'll go on to the final relegated team, Bournemouth. I think everyone feels sorry for Bournemouth because they're such a small club and uh, they probably shouldn't be in the Premier League in the first place, but they've Eddie Howe's done a magnificent job to even keep them in the Premier League for as long as he did. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. rumours about him leaving. I personally think that they will keep most of their players. I think they'll definitely be pushing towards the championship, top of the championship next season. But I don't know whether they'll they'll have enough in their squad to jump right back up. Or I, think big, I think a big problem with Bournemouth is they don't, they don't have a lot of money at all, do they? You know, you see this with... Still having an 11,000 capacity stadium in the Premier League is really something you don't see at all. It's, it's never, like, it's not happened. I think a big step for them in that sense would to be uh, extending the stadium, but where are they going to get the money from, you know? But I think that it's, that's a big thing for them, you know, getting in players who are known, known well. And I think just, I don't know how to say it, they're, they're a very small club, aren't they, Bournemouth? They probably never expected to be in the Premier League for five years, five years ago. And I think the big step is to get money, maybe a takeover. I don't know, but is that going to happen? I think, yeah. I think one problem as well, I think they didn't quite spend the money right this this season, a couple of seasons, because they bought, especially like they bought in Solanke this season as a striking option. But out, out of all the players in the market, you don't really pick Solanke, considering I think he'd only scored one goal for Liverpool in the actual Premier League and they brought him in. 
obviously towards the end of the season he has got a couple of goals, but I feel yeah. especially in the position that they were in, you need someone who's a bit more prolific and who you can rely on a bit more than Solanke. Yeah, I think Solanke definitely has potential. I think I think it's more just the amount of money they spent on him. I think they bought him for like twenty million, which is way overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. I think typical Bournemouth, isn't it? Bought Jordan on for fifteen million as well. Look. Yeah, just poor recruitment. That's thirty-five yeah. million pound, literally wasting. I think they've been lucky Callum Wilson's been out for the majority of the season, hasn't he? Like, not played at all, really. Yeah. Scored only a couple of goals because of the, the lack of game time that he's had and due to injuries. And I think that Josh King is bigger than the club as well. That he can go somewhere else and he kind of, whenever I've seen him, he kind of plays for himself. Like he doesn't pass mm. a lot. He he's quite a greedy player. I think you've got to have the players around you, haven't you? Like, yeah, I think uh, I think Bournemouth will definitely be losing losing some of their key players. Uh, Callum Wilson, Josh King, Ryan Fraser's obviously already gone. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll then move on to Aston Villa, who survived by the skin of their teeth on the final day. I think they'll go straight back down next season, personally. But I, I feel like they've, they've spent a lot of money, but they've they basically just done what Fulham did last season. But they've <laughs> Definitely, 100%. Just about. I think if they lose Grealish, they'll go down next season without a doubt. Yeah, I think Grealish is definitely going to go. Obviously, he nearly moved to Tottenham last summer, and I think there's rumours about Manchester United, I think, as well this season. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely happy that Villa stayed up over Bournemouth, you know, because I, I don't mind. As a Leicester fan, even though they're quite a rival, I don't mind Villa as a club. But I like the players that they've got in the team. I like Jack Grealish as a rival fan. But I'd love him in our team, especially. But I think, like you said, surviving only by the skin of their teeth this season, I think that they probably be in a lot of danger next season, especially with Leeds coming up. who are probably more ambitious than Villa. They can have the momentum coming up from the Premier, uh, coming up from the Championship. It's gonna to be tough for them next year if they don't uh, get the right players in. Yeah, like I was saying uh, before we went live as well, um, it does tee up a couple of interesting fixtures because now you've got you've got West Brom coming up, which means that they're gonna have a nice little derby with Villa, and also yeah. as I said, we got Wolves as well. We've mm-hmm. Got a couple. There were like three-way derby going on there. I think that'd be nice, nice, interesting to watch. But um, yeah, I think we've got we've got to remember that purely the reason they've stayed up is that um, disallowed. Well, yeah, the disallowed goal oh, should have been a goal against. So annoying. Against so annoying. United. And now Bournemouth have appealed against it, haven't they? Like they've well, well like, taken legal action, which is fair enough. Like you would, wouldn't you? But I don't know how far they're going to go. But you know, I'll say I think uh, I think Aston Villa have stayed up purely because. T- there have just been worse teams, but I think they've still been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think the gap between the bottom sides in the Premier League and the top have never been bigger, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we'll move on to 16th. West Ham, massively underachieved this season um, with the amount of money they've spent and the players they've got. Obviously, you can watch our West Ham rebuild to see what, you, uh, what we think about it. Um, but yeah, I think they should definitely be pushing higher next season. Felipe Anderson, he's not even like I've not even seen much of him this season. Maybe I just yeah. don't notice him if he's playing. But man, he's a he's a former Champions League like player. He's playing in Champions League week in week out. They've got play, other players like that as well. I think that again they were lucky to survive. I think that them changing the manager was definitely important. Pellegrini mm-hmm. getting sacked. I think that was after the Leicester game, right? Again uh, in December. Uh, when Leicester beat them two one, with our like third team, and then he got sacked about half an hour after the match, and bringing in David Moyes again, I thought was a big um, decision, and it's worked out well for them. Yeah, I think it's we've we've seen it the last last couple of seasons. We always think we think at West Ham as this team who could be pushing for like maybe Europa League, maybe yeah. even a bit more. But mm-hmm. each season they just seem to disappoint. I don't know if it's. They're just bring it, not bringing in the correct players or the right manager, getting the right system going. But yeah, they've got they've got like you're saying with Felipe Anderson, and they've got talented players. They've got like Haller, Mikel Antonio, who's not seen, not even been involved, has he? Haller really? No, Mikel Antonio obviously showed. Yeah, Antonio scoring goals towards the end of the season was massive for them. Yeah, I think uh, we spoke obviously more about literally all the thing, all things West Ham uh, in our rebuild. But I think mm-hmm. Haller just hasn't been played to. I think the taxes just don't suit him at all. To his strengths. Yeah, I think they've just seen Ala score loads of goals in the Bundesliga and just thought, yeah, he looks good. Let's just bring him in. Yeah. Obviously, he hasn't performed at all. Felipe Anderson, obviously, think... last season was one of the best wingers in the Premier League and now he's just 
not the work rate's completely gone down for him as well. I think that the Haller and the Joel Linton situation at Newcastle is very similar. Paying big yeah. amounts of money for a player who's been proved in another league, but then scored only a handful of goals. Yeah. Every now and again in the Premier League. I think the only difference between them two is literally you can tell Aller is better purely because he's got like six or seven more goals than Joel Linton. So, um, yeah. Uh, we'll then move on to 15th, Brighton. Um, I thought it was a decent season. I think Brighton and Norwich, I personally think, are very similar in ways that uh, they've got a manager who's very young, building uh, building a team that um, building a project. But I don't think things just stuck to his guns and tried to play the way that he wants. Um, but I think I think Brighton are going to be. I think Brighton are going to be going down next season as well. Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see. Obviously. We've just seen they've bought Lalana on a three three year deal, which hopefully he can show the his quality in the team. I think he's still he's still got a couple of years in him, so I think he can do do a good job there. But yeah, it was a it was a weird season for them because it looked at times that they could possibly dip down into the relegation zone, but they yeah. just managed to stay above it. So yeah, like you said, I think unless they sort out bring some a couple more signings in, I think they could be looking towards the bottom of the table next season. See, uh, this is why I disagree, you guys. See, I think that Graham Potter is a is a really good manager, and he's like he's had a good, good first season, like for Brighton. He's he's, he's got fourteen draws, which is uh, the highest in the league, and they've only got fifteen losses. So one more loss than fifteen, one more loss than a draw, which is quite an odd stat. Not and they've only got nine wins, and that's the same as Bournemouth and only one more than Watford. So there, winning, I think, was a big thing for them. But I think that um, you got Tarek Lamptey coming through uh, right back. I thought he was he was really, really good whenever I've watched him. He handled himself up really well. He was calm, collective. And I think that Brighton can, I think they can get like a 13th, 12th finish next season if they like, you know, they are consistent. Because I thought they started well, Brighton did. And then throughout the, the middle of the season, that's where the losses and the draws came. And I think towards the end of the season, after the lockdown, and when they came back, they were picking up more points. They won the last game of the season against uh, Burnley, didn't they? And uh, they got a draw against Leicester. I just think that the consistency wasn't there and they just fell off. They became uninterested throughout the middle of the season. But towards the end, they picked up again. And that's I think that's ultimately why they survived. Because they, they knew, I think it was mentally, they knew that they had to stay. And I think that's what Graham Potter's drilled into them. Yeah, I think like you're saying with the draws, like if they can if they can turn some of those results into wins, that definitely. Be there was too many nil nils and one ones and yeah, they just need a bit more consistency and just yeah, yeah, keeping hold of the lead or getting a last minute win or something like that. But yeah, yeah, and then we'll go on to our next team, 14th Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, didn't end the season very well at all. Uh, no. Only picking four points from their last nine games. Um, I don't know. I th- Again, I think Crystal Palace is definitely going to be down there next season. I think Wilf, Wilf, I think Wilfred Zaha has to leave um, yeah, at some point. Definitely. But I think once they lose their talisman, I think enough quality in that team. I think Roy Hodgson will do well to do more than one more season. At 72, I think nearly 73. I don't know how he's still going. I, thought, I mean, fair play to him for still going and carrying on and just getting on with it but I think every time I see him like each week he looks ill on the touchline he looks like he he shouldn't be there and I think that Crystal Palace lacked a leader this season it was half the time it wasn't him like leading the team he was always in his chair and there was someone else always like talking like shouting at the players but I think like you said about Zahar he's, he has to leave this season he's been like I think he's been wanting to leave for like the last two seasons but Nobody sees the quality in him enough to take him. Yeah, I think uh, attacking guys with Crystal Palace, like they've got Benteke, who he's, I think he's just he's not at it anymore. Obviously, his Villa days are way behind him now. Um, and like you say, if Zaha goes, I think is it one of the IE brothers they've got who? Yeah, he's he's all right, but I think they do need they do need a bit more. In the attacking front, they've got um definitely in the midfield. I think is a Milinkovic or Savic or something like that. Yeah, 
Milivojevic, that's it. I'm on about the Lazio guy. Um, yeah, he, he's obviously he's good, good at free kicks, but I think they, they've got... It's one of those teams that they've got enough players to stay in the Premier League who are all right quality. But if they really do want to climb up the table and possibly look at Europa League, I think they do need to invest more. And I think they need to freshen up. They've got an old team. Definitely. Yeah. But um, like you're saying, Carl, I think it'll be interesting to see once uh, Roy Hodgson does go. Yeah. Whether that will rather boost them, maybe bring in like a young manager, put them obviously higher mm-hmm. up in the table, or if it hinders them and that we've actually Roy Hodgson's been doing an amazing job and he's actually managed to keep this team in the Premier League because I thought very good. Yeah. I thought last season when um, the Dutch manager I can't remember his name now came in and I thought he was going to be really good but then when he lost those like first eight games and mm. I can't remember his name now it's Frank de Boer uh, Frank de Boer that's it when he came in last uh, like last season or the season before I thought he was going to do a great job and I think they need somebody like that when Roy does eventually go off to maybe bring them up to the next level in the Premier League. Yeah, I think like <clears throat> similar to what West Ham did when they had Sam Allardyce, he took them as far as they could and then they brought in Bilic and then obviously he took them to the Europa yeah. League. So, something <clears throat> along those lines. Um, no, he's doing well with West Brom. Yeah, obviously back in the Premier League. Um, so, 13th, Newcastle. I actually think they've overachieved this season. I think this has been a solid Solid season for definitely. 100%. It's definitely been a revelation as well. Um, one of the best yeah. one-on-one dribblers in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Steve Bruce is obviously. I think he's probably one of the most underrated managers this season. Um, I think he's done a very decent job, and I don't think he's sure. given enough credit at all. No, not at all. Because when when he first came in, Newcastle fans were absolutely like at his neck all the time because he was a. Uh, I think he's a Sunderland fan and like was uh, Sunderland manager. Yeah. And that kind of thing. They just like anything he's done, they've just moaned all season long. And at one point, they were sitting three points off Europe, like a few a few weeks ago. Then they had a dip in form towards the end of the season. But yeah, I think they've been really good. It was great for Amaron to start scoring as well because then he started scoring, assisting, he got the confidence he needed. And they just need Joel Linton now to step it up and attack. Him. They can go yeah. from there. I think the, yeah. the takeovers, I think, is a bit of doubt at the moment as well. So yeah. um, I think depending on that, what that happens, I don't know if Bruce will be here next season if the takeover does happen. But I think. You give Bruce another year and then do the same as, like we said, with Crystal Palace, maybe get someone in with a bit more expansive football to take them to the next level. Yeah, I think um, attacking-wise, that could be where you could say he's let him down a bit. Um, goalkeeping-wise, Dubravka, most stays in the league. I think he's got to be, you've got to admit that he's, be, he's been up there. Obviously, will he, stay, sure as well, will. Yeah, will he stay at the, in the team? Hope for Newcastle State, hopefully, because he shows that he can make he can make important saves and he can make a lot of them. And like you're saying, centre backs wise, they got Shaw, they got Lascelles, who big fellas, they, they can do a good job. But I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Steve Bruce because I remember at the start of the season when they heard that Rafa was leaving and Steve Bruce was going to replace him, I think all Newcastle fans were thinking the worst. I think they were like, this could be it. We're going back in the championship. But he's done he's done a he's done a good job. And yeah, like you said. Um, Joel Linton, he just he just needs to pick his former. Yeah, the amount of time I've seen him running one on one and like it, it just completely fluffs the shot. Like, I, that's obviously confidence, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. first season in a in a foreign country for him, and he's probably can't talk that well English. I'm you know not to any conclusions, but the communication I never really seemed to see it. It was always he was like, quite frustrated on his own, but no one was giving him support on the pitch. I, think I also think that. The Longstaff brothers' uh, relationship is going to be really, really big for Newcastle. Then they could potentially go on to be someone like the Torre brothers, you know, like a well-known, uh, well-known English brothers are going to be playing alongside each other. So I think that that's a, another positive for them to look forward to. Newcastle, fan, Newcastle fans having those two brothers playing alongside each other. Yeah, if they yeah. can, if they can keep those, those two, I think that'd be important because I think it looks like. One of them might be. Yeah, I think Matty Longstaff's contract is uh, is coming to an end this season. So uh, I think Steve Bruce has been talking about the last month of, of we've offered him a deal, we've kind of timed down. Um, but at the moment, it looks unlikely that he's going to sign. So it might just be Sean Longstaff next season. Twelfth um, place, Everton improved under Ancelotti, but I'm not sure if um, 
I think he just needs to bring some of his own players in and then he can elevate them. So Definitely, he needs a summer to himself. It's exciting times, I think, under Ancelotti for Everton. But it's just, I don't know, the players that have got, you know, Sidibe not coming, I think, is quite big because yeah. he's one of their outstanding, uh, one of the uh, players that, out, that was quite outstanding for them this season. I thought probably one of the best performers consistently for the season. So it's probably a shame for, Newca- uh, for Everton fans that he's not going to sign. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You've got, there's a lot of, Obviously, I'll highlight it now. Pickford made a lot of mistakes this season, which could have made his season mm, rise up a lot, a lot higher on the table. Um, and you've got players, you've got players like Maurice Keane, like Calvert Lewin. Uh, like I think I can't, oh, I can't Is it Kennedy coming back or Kenny? Sorry, Kenny. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. To be fair, yeah, John Joe Kenny. Yeah, yeah, John. Under, under Ancelotti, I think he can he can hopefully for Everton's sake turn those players into good because we know we know Moise Keane especially at Juventus has had a very good season before he left yeah got, he was like tender for golden boy wasn't he as well yeah in so that, hopefully that then, he joined Everton and it kind of deteriorated a bit so hopefully Angelotti can um, revitalise his career a bit obviously if you saw our soccer Sunday Callum was all was loving the Moise Keane show over there he was getting yeah. so many chances yeah, just couldn't like- Thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. but every second time, is, yeah. After he had a I think the, the, the Italian, um, the Italian relationship there is really, really important for Angelotti and um, <clears throat> Moschina. And as long as Moschina has a good start to next season, I think he could be starting there week in, week out with Richardson, who I do think mm-hmm. like, Richardson is a top class player, mm-hmm. one of the best strikers yeah. in the Premier League for me. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, also, I might just quickly mention. I don't know if it's whether. It's just been a bad season for Pitford, or they should, or do you reckon? I'll just open out to you guys. Do you reckon they should get a new keeper for next season? I definitely think they need a new backup goalkeeper, considering that Martin, Martin Stecklenberg has gone. Yeah, they've got uh, Jonas Losel, who's obviously spent their season on loan at Huddersfield, but yeah, very so, well. I'm not really sure if he's really the type of backup keeper they want. No. Um, but uh, he's yeah, younger to come through and replace Pickford in a couple of years if he continues to perform badly. Yeah. I think Pickford might have lost his uh, place for the Euros. He's a guy I've had a big season next season if he's going yeah. to reclaim that spot, especially with Nick Pope as well playing very well. But we'll get and on Henderson. to Burnley. Um, yeah. Next up, Southampton. Since that 9-0 defeat to Leicester, they picked up they've been very decent. Yeah, they've been very decent. They were third, very, best, very good. third best team in the league since the restart. Um, <laughs> so, we've got to hand it to Ralph Hasenhill. So I rate Ralph Hasenhill Ralph Hassan Huttle as a manager so highly. I think he is a great manager. I think that Southampton are really, really lucky to have him there. Yeah, but I think uh, if Danny Ings leaves, that could be pivotal in how they do next season. But obviously, they've got to do everything. Although I don't think I don't think Danny Ings will leave. I think he's seen he'll see that there's a project going on with Hassan Huttle, mm-hmm. and you know he's got Che Adams who's still young. And coming, he's scored a few goals towards the end of the season. I think that that partnership next season, they can keep those two scoring and then keep those two together. I think that's going to be really good for Southampton. Yeah, I think you've also got to give a um, like fair fair shout to the board because I think it could have been they could have easily seen that eight 0 defeat and thought, oh, his time's up. Like how we've seen with Watford, had a few bad performances. They've just got rid of mm-hmm. the manager. Yeah, I think, I think the club as a whole, I think they have to be given credit because they've. They trusted, trusted his vision, kept him on, even though they were mm-hmm. in the, the deep, 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 deep parts of it. And then, um, yeah, they've done they've done very well considering now they're eleventh in the league. Yeah, I think we've also got to mention that uh, Pierre Hoiberg is going to be probably going to be leaving. I think it's yeah. Tottenham at the moment, but Everton are also interested. But I think it's mm-hmm. best to get him out of the club as soon as possible because yeah, you don't want negative energy in the club like he seems to have. But... Yeah. Attitude on him, and you know, drop from the captaincy, which I think was a good decision from Hassan Hutto because you know, kind of someone that thinks they're better than the team or as the captain. I think it shows up great leadership from Hassan Hutto to to re- revoke him of his own captaincy. There. Yeah. Okay. We'll then move into exactly mid table, tenth, Burnley. Uh, I think it's a solid again, solid season for them. Um, obviously, last season they struggled having to deal with the Europa League at first. Um, but they've adjusted again this season. Um, I think they've done all right, but I think they just um, they need to start 
pushing higher up the table. Nick Pope's obviously been one of the best goalkeepers this season. I think he's like 14 mm-hmm. clean sheets this season. Yep. Um, which is absolutely amazing. Tarkowski and Ben Mee, again, exceptional. Um, I think they've got the makings of a strong team. I think they just need to get a consistent goal scorer up front and a bit more of a creative midfield. Obviously, the, le- the loss of Jeff Hendrick on free transfer might not help that, but I think yeah. they just need to strengthen up. The I think a huge thing, though, is squad depth for Burnley. They struggled. They couldn't even mm-hmm. name full, full squad, could they, for like the last five games because their injuries and suspensions or whatever it was which was making the players absent. But they don't have, they don't have the funds to bring in, like say, like, like Sheffield United or Norwich, whoever it was, who's got like eight players in this season. And they were all like new players for the bench, and they had a completely new bench. And Burnley just don't have the facilities to do that. And I think they've done really well to finish tenth place, having more wins than losses. And I think Sean Dyche has done another great job for Burnley this season. Yeah, I think he's been, been calling on the board recently because uh, I think he he's been saying like, okay, we need to inject more money into the playing mm-hmm. staff to yeah. push the team further forward. So absolutely right. That's well. where the rumours of Dyche leaving came from. He was getting a bit frustrated um, with the amount of money being put in. Yeah, I think he's put, it's once again, it's a classic Sean Dye show, really. He knows how to set up a team to defend well. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But like you guys were saying, I think they, attacking-wise, like you see Chris Woods, it's, I think, is it most offside this season? He's just not, he's not at it at all. Um, I think it's a... Sean Dye knows how to hold the lead. Yeah, sure. he knows how to hold the lead, but the most important thing is getting that lead in the start, and I think that's where they need to improve a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think yeah, we can agree that it was a it was a very solid season from Burnley. Yeah, I think uh, we'll then move on into the ninth, probably the most overachieving side this season, Sheffield United. Um, Chris Wilder has got them playing some beautiful football, overlapping centre backs, which is something we've never seen in the Premier League before. Um, can Sheffield United push on next season though? They need to reinforce. I think that a big rest is needed. This next few weeks is huge for Sheffield to refuel for next season because I think that they had such a fantastic like first six months and then they kind of fell off a little bit towards like, uh, towards after January a bit and after the lockdown for sure they you know they went on five games straight without a win didn't they? I think they only beat Chelsea. But I think they've got a good squad of players who are very determined and they show passion every time. You've got John Egan, um, Lundstram and, e- um, and who is it, the other one, uh, of a defensive midfielder. You've got Sander Berger as well, fantastic signer for in January. Yeah, Lisa Moveset scoring goals will be good for them again next season. And uh, Ollie McBurney as well. You know, they've got a great squad overall, I think, but um, Sheffield. Yeah, I think yeah. they can as much as um, you say we're praising them at how overachieved I think, I think we, I think we've got a highlight that they could they could have easily done a lot more. Like, yeah, I, was just I think that I don't think that it's the right term overachieve. I think that it's it's just a solid season. I think and they've done really well. You know, I didn't expect it at all. My, I had my predictions as Sheffield to to go down as twentieth at the start of the season. So fair play to them. Well, I got a little thing here. Before lockdown, they were seventh with a game in hand, meaning that if they'd won that game in hand, they'd have been fifth. And that's Europa League spot. Crazy. After lockdown, I don't know what, it must have been that first game against Villa, the the disallowed goal, because since then, then they lost, and right after they lost 3-0 to Newcastle, which is a game that I believe before lockdown, they would have easily, easily taken the chance and got the three points there. But um, I think, I think the problem is we've got to, highlight of Sheffield United is they have to bring in new players and they have to keep keep building on the squad because you've seen teams like Bournemouth who haven't really built on their team and brought in world-class players well not world-class but improvements of their team they could see in a couple seasons if they might go down so if they want to keep Premier League status they need to keep bringing in fresh players but a player that they should definitely try and keep hold of is Dean Henderson what a season he has had yeah, I definitely think, uh, I, think he's, I think he might be re-signing alone. I think I know Sheffield United are definitely working on that deal. Um, but whether Manchester United want to keep him, mm-hmm. obviously we'll get back onto them later on. Um, but yeah, I think Sheffield United just need to get a creative midfielder in. I think John Lund- Lundstrom might be leaving uh, at the end of the season on a free. Um, but uh, Sheffield United have already been linked with John Swift of Reading, so clearly they are looking at that creative midfielder spot. Um, eighth, Arsenal. Um, weird one, Arsenal. I think... Now, under Arteta, they've definitely got the potential to be, I think, next season, 
um, Europa League is definitely on the cards. 100%. Cast. I have a lot of respect for Roteta. Yeah, I think I personally think like Arsenal need to lose the FA Cup because I think they need a year out of Europe just to refresh and just focus on the league solely. Agreed. Um, so then they can push on next season because I think they've definitely got the, the they've got they've got the fan base they've got the money they've got everything going for them and now they've got that manager who I think is going to take them to the next level after you know after they went through Wenger was doing bad wasn't he and then now I think they're at the stage with Arteta who's took everything he knows from Pep and is putting that into Arsenal now and I think that he, they've actually had a good season it's just the 14 draws which is completely like why they're in eighth place. I think if they had those 14 draws into wins, they're in the top four. You know, four more, uh, 12 more points would have got them yeah, into the top four there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Aubameyang getting on a bit, but still scoring goals. And I liked, I liked Unai Emery. I did. I probably one of the few that liked Unai Emery. As if I thought that he was definitely hard done by by Arsenal fans and the players and the media and everything made him to be a complete idiot. And I think that they had, nobody had any respect for him. And now I'm glad that he's got the Valencia job and he can do well in Spain. It's his native language. Hopefully he does better there and you know he earns a bit more respect from people. I think um, one, once again, similar to Everton in, in an aspect, there was a lot of individual mistakes in this Arsenal team this year, which I still can't believe that David Luiz even, he signed a one-year contract with the team. I still can't believe it. He set a, a record for the uh, most penalties conceded by a player in a season, which is, I think it was five penalties. And that alone should say that he shouldn't be in the team. But he, he always has those one, one games where he just outperforms the other team, like against, I think it was against City, which is yeah. the team. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a weird one because they've, like, they've got a Bamiyang who I think second top got t- second highest goal scorer this season. Yeah. One behind Vardy. Right, um, They've got they've got a good youth system coming through a lot playing a lot of youngsters, but I definitely think it's that that defense needs to be improved on. Obviously, we've seen against like Liverpool and City that they have been able to um, set up shop and defend as a whole. But I think it's when against the lesser teams when they're attacking and they're pressing high in the opposition half, they need a back four who can just rely on themselves as a four strong back four. I think, um, yeah. Players like, like I said, Dave Louise, they just don't have that pairing of two centre backs who can just work well together and sustain the back one. I think they improve that. Bit of a controversial one here. I actually do think that personally, I think that Dave Louise is quite, quite underrated. Like, it sounds stupid. Like people will laugh at me for that, but I do think that he's still got it. He just, yeah. you know, there's five penalties and the red cards that he gets just lets him down. But like the City game, you can see what he can do. It's just like Tom just said as well. He needs someone a pairing, which is going to be them, them two centre backs paired consistently, like we've seen at Leicester with Evans and Suyuncu. I think that they make each other better as they go on. I think that Louise needs someone younger than him. He's like Evans. He's had the experience. He's played Champions League. He's won the Premier League. You know, I think that now he needs somebody like a Suyuncu. I think William Saliba is coming back as well from his loan from Saint Etienne. Yeah, yeah. I think that if those two got together, a youngster and, and like a veteran player, I think that that's exciting news for Arsenal there. Yeah, I think David Luiz definitely in that game against Manchester City. Him and Mustafi were excellent. Didn't let any any balls get in at all. Didn't let Man City have any chances whatsoever. So I think they've definitely you can see just from that performance alone that they definitely have potential to have a really good um, centre back pairing. Um, and yeah, I think Arsenal should definitely be going into next season um, with with a positive mindset. Um, we'll go into seventh Wolves. Um, again, solid season by Nuno in Espirito Santo, yeah. one of the most underrated managers in the league. He's consistently got them top half finishes in the two seasons they've been up. Um, that Portuguese um, lineup has just done it again. I think they're just. I think they could even go on to win the Europa League this season. I hate to say it because I hate to see Wolves doing well because, you know, they're quite a rival for Leicester being in the Midlands and just to watch them, like when Leicester were going through their really bad patch and when I went to see uh, Leicester versus Wolves away, the Molyneux, to w- watching Wolves and the fans and their atmosphere was like really good. It was really good and it kind of hurt me and then I thought like when, when they got through the group stages of the Europa League, I wanted them to go on and win it. Like, and now I've got more respect for Wolves even though like, I, I don't like them, but they're doing so well. You can't 
it's like Spurs. Like I like Mourinho and I've gone and I like Nuno. It's like I've gone on to like kind of like them more because their play style and the managers. I think they've got a great squad. Adama Traore is different gravy, you know. Him and Jim um, Jimenez like getting that Liverpool player. Yeah, I think attacking wise they're nicely sorted. They've like you're saying they've got um, Jimenez and Traore, and they've got a couple of other players as well who are looking looking quite decent. They've centre mids. They've got uh, Den Donker, I think, who I thought he yeah. had quite a good season this season. Can slot into centre half as well. Yeah, yeah. And, their, and their defense as well. They've got I think it's Connor Cody who's organising the back back, three, back five. Yeah, and he I think he's done a he's done a great job there. And, then, and Willie Bolly as well. I've never seen a man win so many headers than that guy. Just, yeah, just a shame that he got injured yeah. in the season. But I thought he, again, he had a quality season. And um, I think with, with Wolves, it's just a matter of time. I think they just need to grab as much experience as they can whilst they're in, say, like the Europa League and whilst they're doing well in the Premier League, just to make sure that they keep consistent and get this experience so that they can keep performing like this each season and potentially even push for Champions League. I know this season they could have they what they're three points off oh no they were seven points off so maybe if they turn a couple of the results that they that haven't gone their way for them get a couple of wins out of those 14 draws I think next season if they can keep up the form that they were doing they can really push again for another high performing season yeah 14 points joint most draws with some Brighton so definitely I think Wolves definitely have the potential I think they'll be top four uh, at least in the next two seasons. Um, we'll then go to sixth, Tottenham. Mixed season, I'd say, going from Champions League finalists and obviously how well they did and obviously Pochettino didn't start very well. Mourinho yeah. coming in, he's been very uh, divisive among the Tottenham fan base. I think, um, personally, I don't think Mourinho is the man for them. I don't think he's a manager Tottenham need, especially at this time as well. Um, uh, got a... They've got a squad that are now heading into their prime. They're all about 27, 28, all of their players. And um, obviously, they've played with each other for a number of years. I think they just need, to, I th- I think they need someone else. I don't, I'm not sure if Mourinho is really the man for them. Um, I like Mourinho a lot. Like, from Chelsea and what he's done at Madrid into Milan. And now he is getting on, now Mourinho. But, you know, he's still got, like, 10, 15 years in him anyway, because as all managers do. Uh, I just think that, He's, his play style is really not attractive. And I think that's what lets him down and lets, lets Spurs down, um, which can let Spurs down in like attracting players. Uh, like, they've only just finished sixth on the last day, got into the Europa League spot. And I think that players like Harry Kane as well, he's getting on a bit and I think they need more young reinforcements. Like, like you said, they're all getting into their prime. Yes, they're getting into prime, but they're also getting on a bit. And, yeah, I think that's going to play a factor if they don't bring in some youngsters and get rid of the deadwood as well, like they've got. I yeah, think Eric Dyer is not good enough for them at all. No. I think, they, I think the players and the managers need to have a bit of, like, just trust Marino. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know that he can just grind out for his art. And I think, I think being in the Europa League next season would, could easily help them. I feel because they're they're looking for that debt. They're desperately looking for that trophy, and I think Europa League is perfect for them. Um, I, I do see them making a good run in Europa League next season. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, I I still think that this season, however, it is disappointing for them. Of course, they would have liked to have had Champions League, but I think maybe maybe it's a bit of a blessing in disguise if they really want that trophy, and if they because they they could easily put all their focus into that Europa League winner and then get Champions League next season so they don't have to worry quite as much about placing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I think especially with Mourinho, he's he's known for what he does in Europe. He's well, well um experienced in that in that field. So I think Tottenham, I think they just need to be patient and just trust in what Mourinho is doing because I think he can push them for a, uh, a title that they've been looking for. Yeah, I think uh yeah, obviously Tottenham, I think they recently tied down Dyer and skipped till 2024. Um, so, yeah. Dyer's not leaving. And then uh, we'll head into fifth, and I'll just let Carl deal with this one. Go Leicester. For it, uh, Go for Leicester, it. Leicester, Leicester. Well, I think that um, overall, it's a, a good season, but deep down, it's very disappointing. Considering the position we're, we was in, 14 points clear of Wolves and United uh, in January. And then, oh, 
it, I do get lost of words when thinking about we was in second place at one point, you know, second place, and then we that that run that we went on from October to December was just so great. Everything was clicking. I don't even think it was luck. Like I just think that the players had so much uh, confidence in themselves and so much momentum, and it was the same squad for ten games straight, and we didn't lose. We didn't lose. And then I think that uh, and Didi got injured and we lost against uh, no we drew against Norwich, and that's when that's when it all went wrong. Then after that we we got battered by Liverpool, battered by Man City, and then we stupid losses to Burnley, uh, stupid losses to Norwich in January, and ultimately I think that what, the injuries really really like, came and stabbed Leicester in the back. Losing Ricardo was massive. You know, the best right back in the Premier League, in my opinion, and uh, I think that yeah, I think it's this next season is so huge for Leicester and Rodgers especially in the Europa League. I think it. I'm excited, so excited for the Europa League. Not been in Europe for four years now. We're back, but would have rather obviously been in the Champions League. But, you know, it's still still looking up for Leicester. We have got a young squad. You know, Vardy still. You know, top scorer in the Premier League. I thought that was an amazing achievement for him. Getting his 100 goals in the Premier League, a great achievement. I just think that if we have a good window and attract some players and get a better squad depth, get rid of the deadwood, what we need to get rid of, free up some cash, free up wages. I think that next season is going to be a good year for Leicester again. Just well, okay. yeah. Quick question for you now. Do you, do you think that, um, obviously... Uh, not having fans after lockdown. Do you think that played a big part? Because I'm just looking at the table here. Before lockdown, you were third with five points clear of fourth. And then obviously yeah. since then, you've dropped down to fifth. Do you think, do you think that not having fans in the stadium really hindered your performances, especially when you needed to pick up those points against the, the lesser teams? I definitely think, yeah. For, for example, I think that the United game or the last game of the season, the fans there, it would have been an incredible atmosphere there. You know, having even the United fans and the Leicester fans, you know, going at each other all match long and having the chanting and everything going behind them, I think it would have given them a lot of momentum to go on and win that match. But I think that when the stadium's completely silent like that, and yeah, I think it has played a huge part. I mean, we was going, we was playing awful before the lockdown anyway. Like we picked up only a few points from December to uh, March. And somehow kept like there was a win like every few games, which kept us in that top four. But I think definitely the not having the fans in the stadium was big for Leicester because they're known to have a good atmosphere home and away. Leicester are, and yeah, not having fans was probably a big reason on why they slipped out of the top four, as well as Brendan Rodgers making lots of stupid mistakes. That is, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll then move into fourth place, Chelsea. Um, I think Frank Lampard has done really well this season to get top, uh, top four. Um, I think he built the foundations for a really good Chelsea team to come over the coming years. I agree with you. I think they've got a lot of young players coming through. Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, Hudson Nador, I think could leave maybe this season, maybe on loan or permanently. But I think, yeah, he's done really well, Lampard has. He's got, his, he's got it going. He's got like, the midfield. The midfield is brilliant. Chelsea's defence has let them down a few times, but ultimately they've got Champions League in the end, so it doesn't matter. And I think that's something they can build on for next season. Yeah, like I was saying on the, the weekly waffle yesterday, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, <laughs> considering the situation that Frank Lampard got put in, obviously the only real job he's had before Chelsea was Derby. He got to the playoffs and obviously in disappointing fashion went out, but Chelsea still brought him on. Chelsea had that transfer ban, just, had just lost Hazard. So, in my opinion, it wasn't looking good for Chelsea. I did not see them performing as well as they have. I agree. But the fact that they've now can um, comfortably got, well, not comfortably, but now they have Champions League football and an FA Cup final, I think I have to be said that Frank Lampard has done a brilliant job. And with the signings coming in next season, with Werner, with... So exciting if you're a Chelsea fan right now. And you've got, you've got players like Pulisic just picking up his form towards the end of the season, I think is really looking good for Chelsea. Um, I know that Frank Lampard has come out and said that Kepa will not be his key, number one keeper next season and that he should go looking for a new club. That's quite interesting, I feel, especially as Chelsea last season spent the big bucks, or not last season, the season before, 
spent the big bucks on him, making him the world's most expensive keeper, now they don't want him. I think that really shows that Frank Lampard kind of has has a hang, hang on things and like he's in the driving wheel a bit here and if he doesn't like a player in his team, even though they've spent a lot of money on him, he won't have them. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see who Chelsea bring in as a new keeper. I think he's a, he's a really confident manager, Frank Lampard. He's not afraid to speak his mind about anything. And I think that's what's so good about him. He he believes in himself and he believes in his team. And if something's not right, he will um, definitely change it. He's done it a few times this season. He told Kepa, you know, you don't perform, you're going to get dropped. And he's been dropped like, a few times. So I think that Lampard definitely um, they're up there next season again, Chelsea, for me. Yeah, OK. Uh, we'll then move into third place, Old Trafford, Manchester United. Um, I think there's definitely been a season of progression. Again, obviously, I mean, they started off very well. Um, obviously, Ole again causing a lot of debate around the fan base. But I think uh, at the end of the season, the last 12 games in the league has been unbeaten. Um, I think he's definitely shown um, what he's capable of. And then obviously, they've still got the Europa League left to play. Could mm-hmm. they go and win it? I still, I reckon they could with the form they're on. I think that um, definitely with uh, the second half of the season, from January onwards, signing Bruno Fernandes was so, so important for United. And I think that's where the differences between United and Leicester there and how those positions changed from 53rd is their recruitment was brilliant in January and Leicester was absolutely shocking. You know? And uh, they've got such a, such a good team you know, there as well. There's a few players there which they were obviously, but they got the money and they got the reputation to go and get a better player. And I think that Rashford is one of the best players in the league and him... Greenwood and Martial and Fernandez, one of the best fours I've seen in the Premier League as long as I've been watching it like, in the last like 10, whatever years, 10, 15 years. I've never seen four players link up so well. Is having the last 12 games. I mean, it might just be the last 12 games. Next season, it might be terrible. But from what you're seeing, it's definitely exciting for United fans. Yeah, Even I, mean, I hate to say it. I think, I think once again, similar to Southampton, the club has to be... Um, Given props here as well because obviously with Solskjaer he had a good little start to the season that went drastically went downhill well not this season but in recent seasons and I think the fact that they've kept him on they've had faith in him and I think you were saying before Lewis they haven't lost haven't lost since lockdown uh, no they are, are they yeah only team unbeaten since lockdown they've uh, unbeaten in their last 12 as well so the fact that they, that's happened in, before lockdown yeah, they were fifth outside of um, Champions League. Now they finished third. It really shows that the form they've been on, and I think, I think the whole the whole the team as a whole have really um, come together. Now it looks like Pogba will probably stay, which is good for United because it means that I feel he's a brilliant point to bringing players in. I'm sure a lot of players will want to play with Pogba if he can pick up his form to back what his Juventus days were. But um, yeah, I think like you're saying, Europa League. I think they can do well there. And it'd be interesting to see how Solskjaer deals with Champions League next season. Obviously, I'm pretty sure he was in charge when they beat PSG, but then embarrassingly lost to Barcelona the, the game after. Um, but yeah, Mason Greenwood is turning out to be an amazing player. I'm as an England supporter. I'm. Maguire is really working his way there to becoming a Man United legend. I mean, I hate to say it because I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Not even I don't even hate him just for leaving us. It just. I hated him because we was so far ahead of them for the whole of the season. And now he's the one laughing with Champions League football. Yeah, but but I, don't know, I think it's going to go a long way in his career you know, uh, with United. I think one, one area as well that is a bit in contention is the goalkeeping aspect. Obviously, De Gea's yeah. got a lot of experience and he's known for being a good keeper. But in recent times, he's letting a lot of sloppy goals. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely something that United need to think about going into next season. Yeah, I think actually, the, like for me, um, this season just watching them, the only problem that I feel like United had was that they could never beat the smaller teams in the league. They literally they had a really good record against like the top six, but they could never uh, get the three points against those teams in the lower division, uh, lower levels of the league. But he's managed to do that now, and I think that's why they've got third, and I think they can definitely look forward to next season. Uh, second, Manchester City. Um, probably a poor season in there. Um, in their regard, but I think that next season, I think Manchester are definitely going to go for it. Bounce back. I don't think that if um, 
Man City don't win the Champions League this season. I think last se- next season could be Pep and Sergio's last season there, Sergio Aguero. Because of Pep's there's been a lot of speculation of Pep leaving if they don't leave if they don't win the Champions League. And Aguero, I think that he'll probably leave if they don't win the Champions League as well. Because I think that Aguero kind of coming to the end of his career, probably wants to go and win some like different trophies, you know, just not Premier League and the FA Cup every year. I think that he could definitely go to go to back to Spain, Aguero, or to Italy or something, following the footsteps of maybe like Lukaku or someone like that. But yeah, overall, I think they've still got a better squad than Liverpool. Still prefer like would uh, Liverpool or Man City? I put them two together. I think Man City win. Yeah, I think. I think they just this season they've just had a couple games where they just haven't looked like themselves at all. Like they lost to Norwich, lost to Wolves. I think they then they drew to Crystal Palace as well. I think in those games, (laughs) it was just. It just looked like, I don't know, it was just a bit rusty from them. It wasn't quite themselves. Um, I honestly do think if they don't win the Champions League this season, it's a poor season for them. I think they've only won, is it uh, the Carabao Cup? Did they win that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think especially in the fashion they lost to Arsenal as well in the FA Cup, I think if they don't get, a, don't get Champions League or at least get to the final of the Champions League because they haven't even managed that before, I think if they don't do that, then it's not looking good. Obviously, they've got Real Madrid, they're 2-1 up with Ramos on red card, so I do I do see them beat, beating them. But, yeah. Um, Real Madrid are in fantastic form, though. You know, winning the Liga, I think it's going to be a big, big second leg. It is. But, yeah, looking on to next season, I think, yeah, I think there's no doubt that City will challenge for the title once again. And I think it's more, more on how Liverpool prepare themselves for next season than City, because City will be wanting to get that Premier League trophy back, I'm sure of it. Yeah, so uh, I think definitely Man City have shown that they definitely still have the quality to win the league. Obviously, battering Liverpool a couple of weeks back. So, um, yeah, and then speaking of Liverpool, won the league this year. Last team yeah. on the list. Tom. Well done, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, from the heartbreak of last season, missing out by a point, I think this is the perfect answer that we needed. Obviously, I think full... Full props to Klopp. I think he's done an outstanding job. Ever, ever since he's come in, he's shown he's shown sparks of what he can do to his team. Obviously, he didn't. His first season didn't even have the team that he wanted, and he got to a semi, uh, the final of the Europa League. And we hadn't seen a final since um, I think it was 2012 with the with the uh, league league cup at the time. But um, yeah, I think the pure difference between this season and last season is just the consistency we've had in games. Last season, we just had, I th- we only lost one game, so that's less than what we did this season. But I think it was the amount of draws we had was just, it just wasn't good enough. Um, I think the difference between this season is players like Sadio Mane, like Salah at times, have just come in, come in clutch really when it's come to um, close, close uh, games. Obviously, one that springs to mind is that um, I think it was Villa game where we were 1 0 down until about the 80, 80 odd minute. And two quick goals meant that we won the game. And I think that's the difference. I feel if it was last season, we probably would have lost that game, maybe drawn it. Huge winning mentality, I think, for Liverpool and Klopp. Definitely. Which is why they, why they, like, I've never, like, seen such determination from a team to go on and win a match when they're losing and go on. Like, Mane, especially, scored so many important big goals this season. Uh, I think it's eight. It was eighteen consecutive home game wins, which is I think is a record. Obviously, we've matched City's win record of thirty-two in a season. I th- Points-wise, I think if you would have asked any Liverpool fan at the start of the season that you win the league, they wouldn't care how many by how many points, as long as we no. win the league, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but I, one area that has annoyed me a little bit is the domestic cups. Obviously, yeah, Klopp's so stubborn. I think for what he did in the cup. Yeah, I think. Well, especially with the. Um, with the uh, league cup, I think that's that was a bit annoying because I think that was that was out of control. That's that's what's annoying about it. There was nothing we really could have done. We had to play our week. Uh, literally, it was probably our under 18s team. I think it was. We had to play them purely because the FA didn't allow us to play to to move the game backwards or forwards. But um, and the fashion that we lost in Champions League, it's a bit not what we like to see. Obviously. It's weird because at times we haven't played well. Like the the 
Atletico Madrid game, we didn't play well at all in either legs. But in games in the Premier League, we haven't exactly played well, but we've still got the win. And I think that's the main difference between us this season and last season. Last season, we didn't play well and we lost those games or drew those games. Whilst this season, we haven't played exactly well, but we've still managed to like grab a, a late winner or hold on to win the game. So I think, yeah, very, very good season, finally, after 30 years. Go on. <laughs> I have a, yeah, well done to Liverpool. I've just pulled up uh, this table here of what the table would have been like if VAR wasn't in place. And <laughs> Liverpool do still win the league with 94 points. And uh, Wolves coming up fourth with 68 points. United on fifth, Leicester at sixth, Man City still second, Chelsea third, Tottenham in tenth, four, four places lower. And they wouldn't have got the Europa League if VAR wasn't in place. But of course, that's the new second nature of football now. And VAR's here. And the first season, VAR's been used. I think it's been very up and down, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, VAR's obviously divided. Well, I wouldn't say divided, but no one likes it, basically. Um, just, just needs fixing. Um, but I think Liverpool have done well, but obviously... Still, they lost 3-0 to Watford, who got end up getting relegated. So, I, I think that sums up that no team is ever going to be perfect. Because um, that Liverpool team was probably... It's going to be one of the best teams we've ever seen. Um, but it, show, it shows that anything can happen in this league, I think. Um, and so, that's where we're going to end it, I think. So, uh, thank you for watching and listening to our Premier League review of the season. Um, please listen to us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Like the video. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And for now... Bye from us.